Welcome to the Organic Wine Podcast. I'm Adam Huss, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. Thanks so much for listening. The sponsor for this episode is Catavino Tours. Catavino Tours provides luxury travel, wine, and food tours in Portugal and Spain, and they are guided by a desire to reduce the ecological impact that travel can have by reducing waste, encouraging fewer and more meaningful trips, and by using well-vetted carbon offsets. They are currently booking at catavinotours.com slash OWP for Organic Wine Podcast for a fall sustainable and natural wine harvest tour. If you're considering a wine tour in Portugal and Spain and want to have that experience be more meaningful and conducted by a company who is thoughtful about their ecological impact, check out Catavino Tours by going to catavinotours.com slash OWP. That's C-A-T-A-V-I-N-O tours.com slash O-W-P for Organic Wine Podcast. And your tour will not only benefit you, but this podcast as well. I'll list that link in the show notes. Thank you for being thoughtful about your travel. My guest for this episode is Haley Brown, the Executive Director of Wine Growers Nova Scotia. And this is a very special episode for multiple reasons. First, Believe it or not, this is the first episode of the Organic Wine Podcast about a specific region and wine that is made outside the borders of the United States. I know those of you not from the U.S. are probably thinking it's about time, and you're not wrong. But I've been really intentional about this focus. I think change always starts locally, and also there's a lot I think we need to change in the U.S. But I'm really excited to crack that international seal with Nova Scotia because they are doing something unique and brilliant with Tidal Bay Wine. If this isn't your first episode of the Organic Wine Podcast, you probably know that I want to bring an end to varietal labeling of wines. I stopped listing grape varieties on the wines I make with my winery Centralis as of the 2021 vintage, and I've been talking about the need to do away with our varietal obsession ever since. I think it turns wine into a commodity rather than a cultural process. It inhibits change and innovation, and it forces growers to conform to market trends rather than adapt to environmental conditions. And it has resulted in, as Haley mentions, 80% of the world's wine being made from 20 varieties of grapes, all of which are actually a single species from Europe, by the way. Aside from the negative ecological effects of this global monoculture, it has also made wine incredibly boring. And then we wonder why sales are declining. But as the lone voice for how eliminating varietal labeling could benefit the entire wine industry, after a couple years of spreading this message, I found that most people received this message with confusion at best, and at worst, I was dismissed as that crazy guy from Los Angeles, which, you know, is fair to an extent. And as a self-critical kind of person, some pernicious doubts did begin to creep into my mind. But then, at the Vidinord conference in December, I discovered Tidal Bay. Tidal Bay is the first and only Appalachian wine in North or South America. That is, it is a wine that is made, branded, and sold as a reflection of a place and culture without reliance on varietal labeling. And honestly, for the first of something, I think the Nova Scotians did something that needs no refinement. The way they have conceived of and structured Tidal Bay is brilliant. It's flexible, inclusive, rigorous, reflective of their unique culture, and ensures high quality. After you listen to this, let me know if you can think of any way to improve on this idea or why it couldn't be implemented in any region where there are growers willing to participate. A big thanks to Haley for elucidating all of the details that go into Tidal Bay wine 
And a big thanks to the Nova Scotian growers who have given us this incredible and successful example, and on a personal note, have made me feel a little bit validated. <laughs> Thank you, and enjoy. Hi, Haley. Welcome. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, Adam, for the invite. I'm very excited to talk about Nova Scotia and our wine, so I appreciate the invite. Yes, I am. I know. So I, I don't. I have talked to some international folks, but I don't think I've talked to anybody outside of the U.S. about outside of the U.S. wine. So yeah. this might be a first for me in that sense, <laughs> um, which is exciting. But also, I think what you have going on in Nova Scotia is very exciting. And I can't wait to talk about Tidal Bay and, you know, the sort of uniqueness of that and why that is kind of special to me, especially. Um, yeah. But I, I, but let's start with what's your story? How did you get into all this? You're the executive director <laughs> of Wine Growers Nova Scotia. Yeah. But what, how did you end up doing that and being there? Yeah, so I actually don't have a wine background. Um, I've worked in, you know, tourism. I've, you know, um, stakeholder relations. I have. I was a former press secretary, um, and also sort of in in tech as well. Um, but um, I tend to be a bit of a jack of all trades. And uh, moving to uh, Nova Scotia back in 2019, uh, this opportunity came up. And I, you know, I've been very fortunate in my life that. I've lived in Australia, I've lived in Europe, um, and I've always loved um, and enjoyed a glass of wine. And when this opportunity came up, um, sort of my, you know, my marketing, stakeholder relations, um, my government relations, um, sort of past experience uh, was very relevant to, to what they needed. Um, and, um, you know, coming across, um, as even as a Canadian, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I didn't even know Nova Scotia had a wine region and, and when I came and, and discovered it myself as a Canadian, I really saw how special it was. And, you know, it's the terroir, it's the wine, it's the people. Nova Scotia is a really special place in Canada and really, really proud. I'm, of of you know they do all the work this is their craft but i'm the lucky one that gets to shine a spotlight on it and i'm really proud of that yeah i i i feel that i know what you're talking about (laughs) and i love i love that as well and it sounds like you know i've gotten to know a little bit about nova scotia over the past month or so and i mean it sounds like a pretty incredible place it sounds like you probably have a pretty easy job promoting its specialness do you want to talk a little bit about I mean, just a little, a little of its history and, and importance in wine, the history, the importance of its history in wine generally, but then also just the sort of unique terroir of that spot. Yeah. So, you know, Nova Scotia is part of the Maritimes in, in Canada and far eastern uh, province. Um, and, and we're small but mighty. So there's a, a population of a million people. Um, and um, a lot of the wineries are located in the Annapolis Valley. Um, and, you know, we, we've got wineries in Cape Breton and Bear River, you know, coast to coast to coast in Nova Scotia. Um, but um, there is a concentration in in the Annapolis Valley. Um, and, you know, it, it is it is a really special place. Um, you know, over 400 years ago, you know, when Europeans were landing on, on the 
eastern shores of of North America. Um, you know, Nova Scotia has some of the first plantings in Nova in in all of North America. Of course, those those plantings no longer um, exist, um, and and the the current industry is relatively new. You know, a, a few decades old, but. Um, you know, it, it does have that that vibrancy, that history, and and um, and culture. Um, you know, Nova Scotia is, you know, I, I I refer to it. It has a lot of grit. You know, um, uh, with with the with the history and the the climate and everything, Nova Scotians are probably the most friendliest of of Canadians, if you can believe oh, that. You know, yeah. <laughs> even even <laughs> I had to get used to it walking down the street. You know, people would just start up a conversation with you and I just would have to remind myself like Haley they're not trying to sell you anything they're just genuinely like <laughs> wanting to know you down the street and and they'll even like walk you to to wherever you're going like they're just beautiful people and it's a beautiful part of Canada and um you know, I feel like I've discovered this this special place in in 2019, and I think over COVID and everything, I think a real um, light was shine on you know shone on Nova Scotia and the Maritimes as a whole. And I think more and more people are are seeing why why it's so special, realizing it. Um, yeah, and as far as the Appalachian, um, oh, happy to speak about that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, before we move on, it, I mean, yeah. so. It, some of the first plantings in North America, probably some of the first plantings in the Americas in, in general, if that yeah. if they're the first in North America, um, in the sixteen early 1600s, if yeah. I remember from the, from what yeah. I've read. And also, I know there's a bit of a, maybe some debate about this, but there there were some, uh, there's a Viking history as well there. Do, do you know anything about that? Yeah, I can't claim to be any any expert, but yeah, there's, you know, there's been definitely different, you know, just, you know, Nova Scotia, if you look on that on the map, we are really in the <laughs> the middle of the ocean. And um, so I think it was, a you know, a first landing for a lot of a lot of different uh, regions and um, over over, you know, the, the millennia. Have you, I, this is totally an aside, but have you watched any of the Vikings um, TV shows that are out now? <laughs> a few. Um, I haven't watched, you know what I do watch? I'm a bit of a nerd and um, the, like the history of the of Oak Island. And they're like, they're, it's a couple Americans trying to find this treasure um, that's like, uh in in off of the coast of Nova Scotia and I think even like one of your former presidents came and tried to find the treasure on this little island oh, wow. on the coast and yeah it's actually really really quite interesting um um so yeah and and what they're finding is like I think you know the Portuguese like all different um you know, all different cultures have come to to the shores at some point and have made a mark on on Nova Scotia. Now you mentioned it got some attention uh, during the pandemic. Was Nova Scotia the setting of that feature that was that was made about this the real thing that happened where planes got stranded? Was that or was that not? I know it was somewhere. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, in nine eleven. Um, oh, nine eleven. Maybe yeah, that's what it was. Atlanta yes. provinces and um, there's that come from away Broadway show. So it, that that's was a. It. Canada, Newfoundland, but it, yeah, you're, you're okay. side of Canada. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay. And that's it, right? 
as they are honestly some of the most welcoming people um, um, on on this planet. Um, and, and that's what they'll do. They'll open their doors. And, um, you know, the, the hospitality of Nova Scotians is second to none. All right. Um, it's also unique in the world in terms of its climate in some very special ways related to tides there, um, which is re- really fascinating. So some of the, uh, it, not some of, the the biggest tides in the world, if I am correct, right? The biggest tidal change from high to low tide. Yeah. So that is Nova Scotia. And I think that, you know, adds to the terroir of our, of our wine, but yeah, we absolutely do have some of the, the world's highest tides and, um, you know, we feel like that, you know, adds to, to the terroir and our, our wine. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, again, it's a pretty special place. And if you ever want to come out with your family or anything like that, I'm happy to play host and, and, uh, show you around. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. There's on every coastline, there's something unique and special. There's, you know, Cape Breton and then, um, yeah, it's, you can't, can't say enough about it. And yeah, I mean, I've heard these um, tides described as bellows for for the vineyards, where they the, the this huge uh, outflow and inflow daily creates this. It, obviously, like there's a maritime effect. It's an island, and it's getting all of that anyway. But this this is makes it an even more extreme sort of version of that, where you just have this pulse of the ocean and the yeah. tides that really pull in air and push push in and pull out air. It, has that what does that do i mean what what do you hear the the wine growers talk about in terms of how that impacts what they're doing yeah you know again i think um you know the bay of fundy it's you know the the amount of energy that you know we you know it's not just wine but you can look at energy projects and and everything the bay of fundy is a a, a particular place in canada where that the energy of those tides is you know we try and, and look at you know very various innovations you know not just with agriculture and wine but various um, innovations and of of trying to harness that energy and i i absolutely am a strong believer that that energy can be harnessed in in the agriculture that's that surrounds um the bay of fundy yeah that's that's pretty cool yeah i can imagine green energy the by by harnessing tidal energy would be a really valuable thing yeah, there's, um, it's, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Um, just looking, you know, when you see the extreme tides go in and out and, and the soils is, is red, it's, you know, and a lot of the Annapolis Valley is, is, is on an ancient seabed itself. A lot of the vines are. So again, it's, yeah, it's, it's really neat. Um, a really unique place. There is a gentleman by the name of Peter Gamble um, that when we talk about Tidal Bay, um, but Peter Gamble um, is a gentleman that here in Canada that, uh, you know, is a consultant and a lot of uh, wines across Canada, coast to coast, work with him. And, he, you know, he described it once for me that he was trying, you know, Chardonnays, you know, and he would taste Chardonnays from BC, Ontario and Nova Scotia. And, you know, they, he would taste them blindly and, and you know, provide his feedback back to the, the wineries. Um, but he could always tell 
the Chardonnay from Nova Scotia. And mm-hmm. he could always tell. And, and, you know, he, it was him that said, you know, and approached the, the wineries at that time to say, you know what, you've got something really special here. Um, your wine is unique. And, you know, um, we very much have focused on, you know, you know, celebrating what we do well and, and Tidal Bay is, is, is the result of that. Yeah. I imagine that sea energy translates into a sort of wine energy in the glass where you feel that, you know, that all that ionized air gets um, absorbed by the, by the land and the vines and, and gets translated into things that you can probably taste and feel in your mouth. I can imagine. It's really, bright like it's really bright and lively like and um and again it, it just you know the people the the climate the the tides like it, it's a real reflection you know when we say it's Nova Scotia in a glass it really is and um like you I, I really do believe it, it's all those factors that play into to what Tidal Bay is all all about yeah I one of the things that you have in your um marketing materials and it's attributed as a quote to you and and i saw it also at vidanord as one of the things that they said and i I wrote this down as something that i instantly latched on to but it was when 80 percent of the world's wines are made with the same 20 grapes we choose to do something different or we chose to be different (laughs) um what, what do you mean when you say that like what is that what is the different yeah um so you know you know when we talk about chardonnays and pinot noirs like it's um and again this was a and i'm happy to share i don't have the article um there was an article shared with me by a lady by the name of amy savory here in uh who's a sommelier here in nova scotia and and that was it they should you know the article talks about how you know there's you know thousands of different grape varieties in uh, varietals in 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 the world and yet you know 80 percent of the world's wines are made of the same 20 grapes and and i find you know it's it's is you know it's good to be unique and it's good to be (laughs) you know in that world and and again i you know i love a good chardonnay or a pinot or um but i also know like Nova Scotia can can do those wines, but we also, you know, have embraced um, grapes like Lacadie Blanc and Seville Blanc and Vidal, and and um, you know, it's those you know grapes that have been flourishing in in our climate here in Nova Scotia that we've embraced, and it's you know a, a major component of of uh, requirement uh, to produce a Tidal Bay. Um, and um, you know, it's it's celebrating what we do well and and celebrating you know you know, hybrids that may not have been as celebrated in the past. Although again, even in my short time in, 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 in the wine industry, the, the amount of requests and, and sort of um, I'm getting as far as to talk about Lackadie and to, to is, is actually really, really interesting. I think there is uh, a spotlight being shone on, on, on hybrids and trying to, to, you know, have regions stand out and, and, um, Nova Scotia, you know, have, you know, the Appalachian Tidal Bay, you know, was well before my time. Um, but it's, it's really very much stand, you know, a, a celebration of, of how we're different and how our region is different. And, and it's, um, it's a way the region can work together. They're really quite collaborative, which I'm quite proud of. Um, and yeah, it's, it's celebrating what we do well. Okay, so you've you've mentioned Tidal Bay now a couple times, and yeah. I just want to step back and make sure that people understand 
why that's so important and unique. I it's mm-hmm. so Tidal Bay. So there's something like 26 wineries um, between grapes and other fruit on Nova Scotia licensed wineries, and they all can produce their own wine, obviously. But Tidal Bay is this trans, uh, it's an Appalachian wine. It's not based on a specific winery. It's not found, you know, it, it is anybody in the Appalachian, any winery could submit a wine and have it selected to be part of Tidal Bay, which is its own label brand. It's like, I think it's the only and first Appalachian wine in Canada. Is that correct? Yeah, I'd, I'd even go so far as North America. Like we've I tried. I would go that far too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we're looking at the um, South America too. But yeah, it's, you know, it's yeah. very much um, sort of mirrored on the sort of the Appalachian system in, in Europe. So, you know, like Bordeaux and Burgundy and, and Champagne in France or uh, Chianti or Prosecco in, in, in Italy. And, and it really is a, a regional style wine and it has to be a hundred, you know, the grapes have to be a hundred percent Nova Scotian. And yeah, there is um, a set of standards that the industry has outlined and you have to submit them, um, your samples every every year to a tasting panel and and you know further that we have just introduced sort of another layer of of sort of testing and quality is is we we have lab testing once everything is bottled and and it you know it is a, a very special special wine it's you know we're again very small region we have um 14 wineries that now make um a tidal bay and in you know we don't have you know, the volumes and scale that other regions do, but, um, you know, it really is, you know, it's really been this, this, this shining star of, of Nova Scotia. And it's, it's very much getting the attraction, um, that it deserves. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's unique to, to North America for sure. And, and, um, we're pretty proud of it and happy to, happy to talk about it at any time. (laughs) (laughs) So it is, um, it's a white wine. Let's start there too, Tidal Bay. And so these, I just want to talk about some of the, the, the standards to, to, that must be met. So it's a white wine and the majority of it, at least 51% has to be at least one of a selection of four graves, all of which are hybrids. Mm-hmm. Um, that one that you mentioned, La Cadie, uh, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, La Cadie Blanc. Uh, La Cadie Blanc. Blanc. Sounds funny. Yeah, Seven Vidal. Blanc. Yeah, and Guys and I'm 318. Um, and so I, I just want to know, <laughs> this is a little bit of a joke, but were those... Were those selections was title were they selected for title blanc because you figured nobody would know them in the market anyway, so we might as well name it something besides the variety. <laughs> no, I think I think it was actually like it was more of these these grapes flourish in Nova Scotia and again celebrating what we do well um and and the uniqueness of Nova Scotia and um again like we absolutely you know our chardonnays are sparkling you know even um um you know, uh, some of our, our particular whites and our rosés are, are getting international attention um but this was something that we could we could produce um, that was unique to Nova Scotia, and again, um, these grapes do really well in our in our cool climate. And um, why not bottle it? 
<laughs> that's a much better answer than what I proposed. <laughs> um, but there are also a, a whole selection of of at least I don't know twenty other something like that. I mean, there's a there's a lot of other grapes that could go into that, but they would have to be a minority in the blend. Correct. Um, yeah. And and it, potentially somebody could just make a hundred percent lackady. Uh, and be in Title Bay if it met all the other requirements. Is that right? Or is it required to be a blend? Yeah, absolutely it can. It could be. So yeah, so it's whatever's doing well for the that, you know, for that farm in that particular niche and or whatever the, the grower has, you know, an abundance of that year potentially because from year to year it can change too, right? There's no requirement that you have to submit the same blend or anything like that from year to year. Yeah, no, there's, it can absolutely uh, change year over year, you know, again, depending on the, the harvest and, and everything. You've got some wineries who sort of stick to their, you know, their, you know, their, their sort of their formula um, every, every year. And then you've got some wineries that are trying to do a little something a little bit different. So again, trying to embrace the individuality of each winery, but also maintain a certain standard so that the, the, the Tidal Bay um, stays true to what Tidal Bay is, is, is what it's supposed to be. And it's fresh, um, acidic, lively, um, you know, it's, it's a, a great, great wine in, in a summer afternoon, um, especially low alcohol too, right? Uh, under yeah. 11, like nine to 11%. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Wow. Um, which we are finding, you know, um, seems to be, a, a you know, something that is so asked more forward, um, more often is, is having sort of more low alcohol wines. And so Nova Scotia, definitely the Tidal Bay wine in particular, um, um, has that lower alcohol content. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really fascinating for me coming from California, where if we did anything that was nine to eleven percent, it, it would, you know, we would be harvesting green ripes before veraison to get that. Here, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. They're just, uh, yeah, the heat is a. It's a different, <laughs> has a whole different yeah. impact on ripeness yeah. and sure. alcohol levels. Um, but that's that sounds lovely, and it sounds like it goes really well with uh, what I imagine the sea, like what would be. Uh, dominantly a seafood sort of culture there where it's located yeah you know there's you know a term before me but what grows together goes together and it absolutely pairs exceptional with with our seafood our lobster and oysters and um it absolutely absolutely does um which is great yeah i so i you know as i've mentioned to you i'm a huge proponent of Tidal Bay, simply for the idea of what it's embodying, that it's the, the first of its kind here in really the Americas in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really setting a great example. I know it's an old idea to have an yeah. Appalachian wine. I mean, but for whatever reason, we abandoned the wisdom of doing that when we <laughs> started marketing, you know, specific varieties back in the 70s. Um, and, and that has become the dominant thing that people sort of don't question and don't realize could be holding the wine industry back in a big way in my opinion and i so you know personally i've stopped using varieties on my labels um when i when i make wine but it has led to some really interesting discussions and even like conflicts or or just confrontations almost (laughs) with people because you know people don't are so used to varieties that they don't they really don't understand how to how to say like, oh, this is, you know, Tidal Bay, it's not Chardonnay, you know, or it's yeah. not whatever, it's not Sauvignon Blanc, um, it's not, you know, 
And I know you could say like, oh, it's a white blend. And maybe that's the way that people get around it. But do you, in the market and marketing of Title Bay, have you had any, I don't know, pushback or confusion or just these kind of discussions where people are a little unsure about like, well, what what's in the blend? You know, like where they really want to know and you're sort of like, well, it depends. You know, it's like it's different for every grower and every year. And yeah. here are the parameters yeah. that it could. I mean, do you do you like any stories of that you've heard or experienced yourself about trying to do this would be really interesting. Yeah. So um, I haven't late again. You know, I've I've only been in the industry since since 2020 here, but I haven't seen that pushback. If anything you know, when I've reached out to US media or anything about Tidal Bay and talking about Tidal Bay, you know, you get questioned like, what is the app? What is an appellation? Or what is, you know, they, they, they need, you know, people want an understanding of what that is. But at the interest, like the amount of interest we get uh, on Tidal Bay is, is absolutely phenomenal. And again, I think it helps too when a region is working together, like we all, we are all talk passionate about Tidal Bay. All our winery, you know, the 14 wineries are all talking about Tidal Bay. And so when when there's a synergy in the region and the industry, um, I think that just like amplifies the message. And, you know, when you talk about Appalachian or European style, want, you know, um, and and you you that's how you sort of explain it and you know that's what I tried to do at the beginning of this call is very much explain you know it's like a, a, a Bordeaux or Burgundy or Champagne like when you put it in that context I think that what that's what's clicking um, that's how I've always explained it and again I think it sometimes helps that because I I don't necessarily have a wine background I I make it easy for me to understand. And so if I can understand it, I hope others can. And so um, it's just, no, I like it's, I'm finding the exact opposite. I'm finding the amount of interest um, and, and what we're trying to do especially during COVID is, is put out a lot of like informational videos out about it. And, you know, shared with you our media kit that like outlines it. We do a lot of like sort of training and, and sort of informational sessions because, because it's not a concept that, that especially in North America, our new world wines have adopted. Um, but there is sort of a fascination around it for sure. Um, and I, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant idea um, um, back in 2010 and, and um, 2011. And, and um, you know, it's, it, I'm a very lucky person that I just get to shine that spotlight on it. Um, and, <laughs> you know, they may, you know, it would, I would be interested to hear from, you know, sort of the winemakers and the wineries that maybe, you know, what thought, you know, what those conversations were like five years ago or anything like that. But I think, um, I think sometimes the excitement we have, maybe that translates to the people who are hearing it. And, and um, it's easy to, you know, not that, you know, I, I, it's easy to talk about something or sell something when you really believe like it, it is that, that special. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I imagine. And I imagine yeah, it's probably got some momentum now. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I guess I wonder from the grower's perspective, it seems like a, a perfect combination where they don't have to do away with their own labeling in their own way, whatever they want to do, but this gives them an, an option 
to to participate in an Appalachian wine. Um, yeah. So not all of their wines have to be Appalachian wines. So this would be the sort of advantage over a place like you know Champagne or Bordeaux or whatever, where if you if you're there, um, you either <laughs> follow the Appalachian rules or you can't be labeled. You know, like it's you know you kind of like don't have a market for what you're doing really. Whereas it sounds like a, a kind of a perfect combination there for the Nova Scotia growers where they can do both, where they can have their own bottlings of varietal labeled wines if they prefer, and as well as participate in Tidal Bay and participate that way in the Appalachian wine. Have you yeah, heard have you heard from them? Has anybody I mean I, I mean I've watched some of the videos that you have. It seems like everybody who's participating seems to really enjoy it. Have you heard from anybody who is like, man, we should do all of our wines this way, or, um, or, or do you hear the opposite where it's like, or, or do you hear, I mean, are there benefits? I imagine if you're a grape grower as well, being able to participate in, a, in an Appalachian wine like that gives you some flexibility with, to, to react to vintage variation where you might have, you know, a, a tough year for some of your grapes, whereas others are doing well, or, you know, Something like that, where you know maybe your all of your Chardonnay this year was just hit hard with uh, downy mildew or something like that, and really got wiped out because of some fungal pressure. And but you have these other grapes that you know you can always make the Tidal Bay wine with um, because they're you know and and find a blend that works because it's it's not as restrictive as just saying here's this one grape that we have to bottle. Um, have you heard any? feedback like that any any kind of feedback what what do you hear from the growers i should ask (laughs) so we did have a frost in 2018 that you know was was quite devastating i think very similar to what france experienced most recently in the last couple years here and and um you know it was quite you know it, it hit us hard and and it was interesting because you know there had to be you know you know some flexibility but you know uh, Tidal Bay um, always has been a hundred percent Nova Scotian, and again, when when you select grapes that do really well in the region, um, even when you're hit with frost, such as what we were hit in in um, 2018, the wineries were still able to to create a, a true Tidal Bay, um, and you know where they saw some of their other you know their their Pinots or their Chardonnays. It hit harder um, again, you know, and that's sort of the, you know, the sort of the brilliance of, you know, celebrating what your regions do well is that even when you do have those, those atypical years of, of storms or, or frosts or, or fires, um, you know, you've got, you've got these grapes that, that can weather that um, for the most part. Um, and so, you know, as far as going, uh, you know, winery is going a hundred percent just Tidal Bay. We haven't had that discussion, and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't foresee that in 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 my time. Um, but you know, it's it's for us because we're so small. We're only fourteen wineries, and even as a region, we're small. Um, you know, and I'm I'm talking about sort of campaign sales. But you know, when I came on board um, in 2020, you know 
you know, the sort of wine category in sort of Nova Scotia, and we saw sort of across Canada, and they'd be interested to hear what happened in the US. But we saw, we saw, you know, sort of the wine category start to contract um, at the beginning of of 2020. And and when people were, you know, especially at the beginning of COVID, um, people were starting to, to reach for, you know, larger quantities of, of cheaper imports and, and, you know, being local producers and in the climate we are, we are, a, a you know, and, you know, quality at the forefront. We're, um, um, you know, we aren't a, a, a cheap, you know, and we, nor do right, we, want, right. nor do we want to even, and, and be in that category. Um, and so we did see sort of not only the wine category contract, um, at the beginning of 2020, you know, you're starting to see that, you know, in, in prior years, but we, we even saw the Nova Scotia wine category contract as people were buying those, those cheaper imports. And it was really interesting because, you know, the, the industry very much gelled and, and, and we, you know, came together and, and, you know, working with our sales channels and our partners and industry partners, um, we really came together and we ended that year, like with increased title base sales of uh, 28%. Last year, we saw an increase of, of about 40%. And this is, you know, sort of campaign specific. And then this year, uh, we ended up, um, um, you know, increasing sales by just over 50%. And so those are um, immense increases of, of year over year increases of, of sales. And, and so we, you know, we have to be mindful, like of, um, of, you know, when we do look at export and marketing, we're such a small region, we're a boutique, you know, quality region, um, Mm -hmm. and making sure that we, you know, can fulfill on our, on our promises. So, um, I think, I don't think the, the region is, is, is there yet. Could that be a conversation down the road possibly, but I don't, I don't see that. Um, um, but you know, who knows? I, you know, another thing that I think is really, um, really quite unique to, to Nova Scotia and, and still being new to, to, to the wine industry myself is, you know, they're, they're open to innovation and change. Uh, last year, we um, actually, um, uh, we had uh, a number of wineries can title Bay. And, you know, when you're, you're looking about, you know, talking about, you know, trying to be environmental friendly, when you're trying to, you know, look at demographics and sort of bringing in, you know, introducing, you know, a lot of 20 somethings to wine and 30 somethings to wine. Um, you know, a lot of studies have shown like um, canned products, you know, or individual sized um, containers are a real attraction. And so we decided to um, uh, innovate and accept um, canned tidal bays just you know, just this, um, last year. And, and what we found is that, um, it didn't cannibalize the 750 meal sales. It actually just opened another consumer market for us. Um, and that's why we saw, yeah. And that's why we saw that, that tip over a 50% of increase, um, sales. And again, it, it wasn't cannibalizing. It was just introducing a new, um, uh, sort of container option for, you know, other sort of demographics that haven't, you know, maybe adopted sort of wine culture, um, 
And so it's, it's, it's been really interesting and re- again, really proud to be part of an industry that is willing to innovate in and, but, you know, keep quality at the forefront in order for us to um, can um, or wineries to can, we implemented that sort of second testing where we send, you know, the canned title base, all canned title base and, and the bottles to a lab for testing just to make sure that, um, that you know it, it it's it the quality has and and it and still a, a tidal bay um once it's in those new containers and you know yeah. it thankfully thankfully all those tests have you know were positive um where you know everyone was okay and um ag- again nice. it's just being an innovative region i think you know us being as young as we are and just again the culture of of nova scotians they had to the the history and the climate and and just the um sort of where i you know nova scotia you know in in past years you know just because of its its location is more isolated they've they've innovated all their lives and they've been so resilient that you know, those conversations are relatively easy. Um, yeah. And they, you know, time over time, they've, they've pulled together. And, and I think that's what we're seeing translate, you know, to, to the interest of Tidal Bay is people are seeing that innovation and, and, you know, it's sort of a, um, a nod to the past and, and the European sort of styles, um, but it's also very innovative. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fantastic. What is the average price of a Title Bay bottle? Are they d- does the winery get to decide that? How does that get decided when you when you get accepted and you know, each year to yeah to, to be able to bottle under a Title Bay? Do you yeah do you so get to set that? Can, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm speaking in Canadian dollars, so it's a lot. Okay, different. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so we'll let everybody figure figure it out for their own yeah. currency. Yeah, yeah. Our, you know, it, it it'll sound high. Um, in the U.S., but I'm talking Canadian dollars and our prices on everything. Unfortunately, is a lot higher than in the U.S. But um, so we we you know they sit around twenty to twenty five dollars. Um, Canada is a, a a you know a unique situation where a, a lot of our pricing is sort of dictated by um, uh, you know, provincially. A lot of our provinces sort of own the the sales channel. Um, it's it's you know our our distribution is not privatized not you know in, in different provinces it is but uh, Nova Scotia is Nova Scotia is one of those provinces where uh, uh, a government and an entity uh, Nova Scotia Liquor Corporation um, um, is basically our, our sales channel and so you know we don't have as much flexibility as, in our pricing um, as as say the US wineries um, but um, it, it sits Canadian dollars, um, it sits in in the twenty twenty five dollar range. All right. Well, in today's exchange rate in the U.S., that's fifteen to nineteen dollars. That's Correct. very yeah. very reasonable. I think. Yeah. I think um, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, if somebody, let's say, a bunch of somebodies who all live together and made wine in a in a particular region, let's say Napa or uh, I don't know, you know, a, an Appalachian in, in the Willamette Valley, like the Ribbon mm-hmm. Ridge or something like that um, here in the U.S., I'm just thinking of. Um, if they wanted, if they decided, this sounds like a really good idea and we should do this for a lot of reasons, you know, mm-hmm. what would, could, do you have any advice for anybody who wants to, you know, join together and, and you know, emulate and imitate 
Tidal Bay and what you guys are doing. Yeah, well, I think you captured it um, just um, just a few moments ago. Like a lot of our wineries, you know, some excel at sparkling, some, you know, are organic. Like everyone has their specialty and their niche. Um, but I think you can look in, at every region and identify a grape, whether, you know, whether it's a grape, whether it's like a, a unique character to your region and a, a unique character that's consistent um throughout you know you know whatever sort of sort of region um geographic region you're looking at that you know something that's consistent um um and i think like identifying that recognizing what you do well and i think that commonality in it um i think that's that's where you you can pull together and 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 start from um, each region is unique, and and I think you we have to do a better job of celebrating our uniqueness. I th- I think, you know, even just a new entrant to to the wine industry, you know, you hear a lot about, you know, these words like terroir and and everything. And but what is it about your terroir that makes you unique? And what is it that this region does really well and consistently well, no matter a you know, if there's a frost or anything, what do you guys do well every, every year and start from there, you know, something as an executive director coming to, um, to this industry. And I, you know, there was, there's a lot of challenges. We all know there's a lot of challenges when it comes to, to working in the wine industry, but it's also, um, we got to find those, those pieces where that we can all work together on. And that's where you start from. And, and that's, you know, that would be my recommendation to, to any region considering this is, um, you know, focus on, on what sets your region apart and, um, you know, something that you can be consistent on and, and start to celebrate that, whatever it may be. Have you heard of any of the sort of hiccups along the way to doing this, to creating Tidal Bay? Like if, I guess what I'm looking at, not, I mean, that, that, that's great. What you said is great for sure. I, I guess more, I was thinking more along the, the actual structuring of this and maybe some of the challenges to working together as a group of, you know, individuals to try to do something, uh, in partnership and in collaboration that, that everyone agrees with, like, have you, and maybe, I mean, that's a huge question. So I guess I, maybe I'm just asking, were there stories of roadblocks that were run into or just big, big disagreements that were, had to be resolved along the way and in doing this that, yeah, um, well, I think even just the most recent example is canning Tidal Bay, um, you know, and I think, you know, there was a lot of some wineries that were um, very much for it and and some wineries that, you know, were possibly a bit more hesitant. And I'm I'm a very data centric person. And so, you know, what I, I, you know, my job is to as an executive director is is to sort of take the data forward. So whether it's, you know, consumer research, whether it's, you know, quality research and, and, you know, looking towards, you know, sort of respected experts in the field, like, um, like a Peter Gamble that, you know, a lot of our wineries uh, respect here in Nova Scotia and, and, you know, 
pulling all that that information together so that our wineries can make informed decisions. So, you know, we looked at, you know, the, there was a lot of, you know, heated discussions, <laughs> say, when it came to, to um, you know, possibly canning um, Tidal Bay. Um, but with science and with data and facts um, and when you present that to to the wineries and you layer in you know additional testing again we're not going to compromise on quality and and providing those those assurances to our, our wineries um, that made it um, a conversation that people were were willing to and a risk that people were willing to take but you know it wasn't an you know an easy path to go down I can't I I, I wouldn't pretend to say that it it wasn't um uh, and you know but it, we you know we made we came to that conclusion within four months I think that's an exceptional speed um yeah. to to sort of navigate an industry through and you know proud of that myself and again it's it's bringing in data and facts and you know trying to park personal opinions and and you know and and overall you know and just a, a reminder to everyone is you 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 know when we attend our board meetings or have our discussions is you park your winery hat at the door and you bring your industry hat in in um and and we have to do what's what's best for the industry and in you know we're not all perfect by no means but um that's what we all try to do um when we have these these sensitive uh conversations and you know so far we've been able to pull through and and again it's it's at the end of the day you do what's best for the industry and it sounds like it's a self-selecting group of people who are interested in it because it's not mandatory for everybody in the Appalachian. It's it's an elective. If you are within the Appalachian, you can participate. You don't have to. Yeah. And so that probably, you know, the people who think it's a good idea, who see the advantages to it can join and, and those who don't, don't have to. And it sounds like you have a little less than maybe, or a little more than 50% participation, it sounds like, from oh, the yeah. wineries in Nova Scotia, which is really phenomenal for a region of that size, I think. Yeah. Um, it is. Um, and, you know, when we look at the size, too, it's, you know, I, I'd say it's probably like a sort of volume size. You know, it's, you know, we've got 14, you know, uh, 14 wineries making um, uh, making Tidal Bay, but they, they sort of equate to being about 90, 95 percent of the volume of the industry. So it really oh, okay. Yeah, it really is the the majority well, for sure. The majority of the industry <laughs> right. for sure, and I'm hoping, you know, we're talking to uh, another winery. I'm hoping next year, uh, in 2024, we'll see a, a 15th Tidal Bay. So, um, pretty pretty exciting, and and nice. um, yeah, again, it's 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 proving to be uh, you know uh, something that's standing out for our region and and. Um, yeah, we're, we're very proud of it. How do you keep the evaluation um, objective? Like who does the, the reviews and judging of, of each year's submissions of wine? Yeah, so it's a blind tasting panel. Um, okay. They start in December, and so they do not see the label or, or who. So it, it, they don't see it. They just see the, the form and, and just sort of the you know, the, the, you know, the, the makeup of, of, of the sample that's being submitted. Um, and, um, it's a 
pre sort of a pre-selected list of individuals. So the wineries don't necessarily know who's on on the the panel for that year. Um, not that we try and hide it. It's you know, but it's it's a list of individuals that sort of like sort of pre-approved. Um, we have two two bodies that are are consistent year over year. So again, providing that consistency of making sure year over year that panel has some some consistency. Um, it's a panel of five, um, but it's it's blind. Um, and uh, wineries have up to three submissions um, that they can um, that they can submit. Um, I haven't seen a winery not, not make it past the the third, but they have, you know, there are some wineries that, you know, we, they start, we do a monthly and they start in December and the last one's in March. And there have been a few that have squeaked through at the end, but, um, um, that's, you know, again, trying to, to make sure that it's as fair as possible for, for everyone. But even our, our December, our December tasting that we just had, um, we had over 50% um, that didn't make it. Um, so it's not that it's an easy and a, it's an easy pass. We take it, you know, the standards seriously. And, and um, you know, that was sort of the, the results of, of the December tasting. When that happens by March, what of that remaining 50% that didn't make it does make it? Like, did they resubmit yeah. then? Like, go back and do some do some uh, alterations to the wine to, or, yeah. or bottle some different blends or things like that? Yeah, so they can resubmit uh, three times. And usually by March, there's maybe just one one winery. It's usually, you know, a smaller one um, that um, is submitting. Um, usually, you know, December is a tough one because the wine is still so new and, and yeah. Um, so December, yeah. So December is a tough one and, and they can actually, you know, resubmit the, you know, pretty much the same blend and, and it will pass in January just because the wine has had a bit more time. Um, December is a, a, a tough one. Um, but, um, yeah, it's by March. Um, it really is, um, maybe just one, one winery maybe submitting, um, at that time, January is a, is a good one. And we're actually our next, um, um, panel is this Friday. So nice. Do, do you have to submit at each one? Could you wait till March? Like if you yeah. wanted to, you, you can wait. Just, if you're like, yeah, it's not ready. There's no way I got to wait. Yeah, definitely not recommended to wait till March. Um, <laughs> just in case you don't make that one. That's your yeah, last bet. I haven't right. seen that yet. Um, and I would, <laughs> I would be, you know, um, I that would be tough one if you're just some of the really cocky producers will be like, oh yeah, I got this. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, we. It's usually a second, uh, a second submission that has to be submitted in in March. Nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this is really interesting. And you you mentioned um, sustainability and and organic farming and things like that. How, mm-hmm. What percentage? I mean, is I don't think there's a requirement for Title Bay with that, no. but I know that Nova Scotia sounds like it's it's got a pretty decent track record as far as that goes. Do you have any data on who is doing or how many people are certified some form of organic or biodynamic or otherwise? Yeah, so we've got um, Lackadie um, wi- Winery that's um, organic. And we've got um, 
uh, Lightfoot and Wolfville, Benjamin Bridge. Um, you know, I would say, you know, for for Nova Scotia, given the size we have, you know, I think we're very much forward thinking as far as, you know, lower intervention or um, uh, wines or organic wines. And, you know, I, those three in particular stand out um, as 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 very forward thinking and when it comes to to organic and um so yeah, the, those three wineries. Um, I think as far as to again innovation overall, you know, our industry is is you know just the culture and the environment that we're in. Um, I think you know the environment has always been um, at the forefront of the industry, and you know just even going and, and visiting um, other wineries, not just you know Lightfoot and Wolfville, Lackady and Benjamin Bridge. There's you know Grand Pre and um, a myriad of uh, Lucket. There's you know, that I you know when you walk um, walk through their vineyards, they're talking about you know using you know less. Um, intrusive methods um, and and just very much again when you're embracing the grapes and 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 what does well in your region you know I I think you can um, you know I, I think it, it's easier for your region to adopt more environmentally friendly practices and you know again when we're reaching out to and trying to engage um, consumers and especially, you know, trying to speak to, you know, uh, you know, 20 somethings and 30 somethings, you know, being, you know, environmentally aware and conscious of, you know, the, the, of your industry. Um, I think, you know, that, that lands well on them. And, you know, we even, you know, we have adopted this app um, with a company by the name of Taste Advisor. And, and again, it's, another way, another tool that, um, you know, our industry has, you know, come together to work on and, and by, you know, downloading this, this app, the Wines of Nova Scotia app, um, you can, you can easily select like, um, a consumer, you know, if they are looking for organic wines or, um, you know, anything, um, specific this this app you know you just search for it and all those those wines will be listed so again trying to make sure our region is 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 forward thinking innovative um but quality but also making sure we're communicating and engaging you know um not just 40 somethings like myself (laughs) but making sure that we're innovating and engaging um, consumers in new ways so that, you know, when they have their preferences, what, whatever it might be, even whites or, or reds, especially, you know, wine can sometimes be that intimidating to talk about its tools like our Wines of Nova Scotia app that um, have really enabled us to to engage consumers in different and, and unique ways. So, um Hopefully, in a long way, that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, no, okay, that's great. No, I, I think my only other question is how do how does one get to Nova Scotia? What's the best way? Plane. Yeah, I was hoping sailboat would be. <laughs> you can do that too. Um, absolutely, um, uh, sailboat, plane, um, driving to um, Nova Scotia is really, really. Um, you know, there's an international airport. Um, there's 
you know, direct flights to, I think it's a two hour flight to New York, um, a two hour, hour and a half flight, maybe to Boston. It's, you know, I think even if people know Toronto quite well, um, in Canada, it's, you know, it's a direct flight from Toronto to, if that needs to be your first stop, it's another two hour flight. It's only, again, we're sort of in the middle of the ocean. It's, I think a four and a half direct flight to London, England. And, um, um, so it, it really is, um, um, like uniquely situated, um, in a, in a great spot to, to, you know, for, for Americans or even Europeans to come to. Oh, nice. So there's a bridge right from New Brunswick across a little, little channel. Is that right? Or yeah. Got it. Pretty, yeah, pretty accessible. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it is. It really is. And it, it's connected to to the mainland Canada. Um, um, it's it's not an island, but uh, it is like, yeah, there's bridges to PEI and. Um, oh, I gotcha. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, and, it looks like an island, but I guess, yeah, you're right. It's more yeah. like its own little whatever you would call that. Peninsula. <laughs> yeah. yeah it looks too extreme to be a peninsula i think of you know <laughs> but i guess that's what it is yeah, we are a bit extreme no. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah it's you know and it's it's pretty pretty magical like when when i drive through wine country you know of course i'm biased but um you know, I've been very lucky to to travel and, and live in different parts of the world. And every time I drive into to the wine valley and um, it's it just it. Yeah, it's 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 special. And um, I'm very, very lucky to to be able to um, speak about it and, and represent uh, uh, the Nova Scotia wine industry. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for for doing that it's real really exciting to hear about and i think i love the example that you're setting with tidal bay it's it's a real special thing and i hope you know i hope i can bring a little attention to it as well because i think it's such a great model for other people to follow in in our world out here outside of uh you know outside of europe um where (laughs) where i think we need a little more appalachian focus you know i love it yeah, I you know it's doing well for us, and it's proud and we're very proud of it. Clearly, and uh, thank you, Adam, for for the invite. Um, really, really appreciate it. And again, the the offer is there if you ever want to come and visit. We're happy to host you and uh, your family and friends, and and uh, the hospitality and and the wine is is amazing, and our seafood. So. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I want to do more than visit. <laughs> Love yeah. to just stay, and <laughs> never leave. Sounds great. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Haley. I really appreciate okay. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And if you did and would like to support this podcast, please do. There is a Patreon link in the show notes where you can subscribe with a monthly very low subscription to add monetary support or please subscribe on your feed whatever wherever you listen to this podcast subscribe and follow this podcast so that you will automatically download it when each new episode comes out that's one of the few metrics that we can measure to see the support and and listenership of this and Otherwise, if you're already listening, subscribe, support, whatever, uh, just long-time listener, haven't done anything, please uh, do a review if you would 
any positive review with five stars and a nice word <laughs> is fantastic and helpful and uh, really improves the algorithmic performance of this podcast. So thank you so much.